This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No Gavardi all, no problem, right? It's Monday, July 24th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie Kerr. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Ollie's Squared. How are things, Ollie Kirsch? It looks like um, the discourse of of Manchester Twitter right now is some bad weather. Is there shitty weather over there? It's It's been raining for 48 hours straight, yeah. Usually we kind of get it in bursts and every day sees some rain, but it's quite literally not broken for two days. But I think it's going to clear up tonight. So, yeah, it's been a wet one. Yeah, normally summers here are horrific because we are kind of uh, a, a very big area for wildfires and things like that because we live in such a dry, mountainous place during the summer. But the rest of the world is on fire, and we actually have some pleasant weather right now. So I'm sitting here in my uh, not-flammable castle and laughing at everybody else in the world. How about the uh, the weather for you, Ollie McCool? Uh, pretty much the exact same as Manchester. I'm looking out my window to the side of me, and it's been pouring down all day. Uh, but I've been caring more about the Manchester weather because of the cricket, and the cricket and the cricket is over. But I'm talking to two people who absolutely hate the sport, so I'll stop there. But either way, not fun, not fun. Well, if uh, the Manchester weather isn't a representation of City's transfer window right now, I'm not sure what is, and we'll we'll jump straight into that. And we're going to talk about Yasko Gavardi all today because. On this podcast, on other city podcasts, kind of in the mainstream city media world, it's basically felt like a given that we would be signing Gavardi all this summer. Um, that was a, up until late last week when it, it seemed to kind of stall a little bit. And, um, you know, there's reports that city aren't aren't willing to match some of the add-ons and fees that, that Leipzig want. Um, and we've seen this before, Ali Kirsch, that if there is a player, it doesn't matter how bad City want them, that if they feel like they're getting priced out, they will absolutely walk away, even if it's after a summer. We've seen it with Harry Kane. We've seen it with other players in the past. Um, is there a chance that City end up walking away from this deal? 
This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. I mean, there's always a chance that we end up walking away from any deal. We've seen them break down at a number of stages. You know, uh, looking back to, for example, the Lionel Messi saga a couple of years back, which I know I talk about a lot because it, it did break my heart. But for that one, we we really let it disrupt our summer and our plans uh, because we wanted him so badly. And in the end, it, it, it didn't happen. But Guardiola, I think, is in a similar position to that one where we've got seemingly full commitment from the player he's been liking stuff on instagram he's desperate to come all the right noises are being made um everything seems like it's in place it's just weird um i don't know if we would let this one fall over about you know two three four million in add-ons versus up front i think there is always a chance that we can walk away, but for this one in particular, I think because all the right noises are coming from all the right places, it's more likely that we'll just fold for the sake of three or four million. So but sagas like Harry Maguire or Harry Kane, they're a bit different because we're talking a difference in valuation of 10, 15, 20 million. This one, it seems like we're pretty close. I mean, Romano, bless him, even here we go, it. So things are extremely close uh, if if leipzig are being awkward over a couple of million i think i think we'll just get it over the line and do it it's interesting you make those comparisons to the harry maguire deal and and the harry kane deal because i think one of the big differences that i see from my point of view right now is is that city are stacked at center back at the moment and and in those harry maguire the, the Harry Maguire deal, the Harry Kane deal, that was a time in which those players were so necessary for what Pep wanted to do going forward. At least that's how we felt at the time. Um, you know, Harry Maguire was kind of, like it or not, kind of seen as a Vincent Company replacement. You know, he was the next center back to come in and and potentially get the armband and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously Harry Kane was coming in to fill Sergio Aguero's boots. And that didn't happen. And it felt kind of like the sky was falling at the time. Now, obviously, everything was fine. Um, but Ali McCool, is there a sense that, well, City maybe can be stubborn over three or four million if they want to, because they can look at their squad right now and say, well, we've got Ake and Diaz and Stones and Akanji and uh, Laporte is still there for the time being. If you need to walk away from the deal, it's not like you're necessarily hurting in that that area of the pitch. I would disagree, though, because I think this deal, it kind of comes with... Not a double-edged sword as such, but you know, there's two other deals of, of players departing City or potentially departing City and Laporte and Walker. If those two go, our depth at the back becomes Rico Lewis. Um, and as much as we all love Rico Lewis, I think he's an absolutely phenomenal talent. He's not someone who you can expect to back up, you know, John Stones and Manuel Akanji and Nathan Akinrumi does because he's not the same type of player. He's not. A, he's not a physical, imposing player. He's a technical player which makes him perfect for that midfield role that he does. And John Stones, obviously, with all his technical abilities, masterpiecing his way through it as well. But, you know, you think about it, if Walker goes, if Laporte goes, there needs to be another body. Whether whether that is someone in more of the mould of a Manuel Akanji type signing, where it's 15, 20 million, a one-to-way type of deal, 
and it's you know someone who we all expect to be sitting on the bench instead of Josco Guardiol, who would be an absolute guaranteed starter, especially the money he's coming in on. Um, it's it's one of those scenarios where I think City will just get the deal done. It's just going to take a bit more time than we all thought, you know. And if you're to believe that the ITK is in the nose of Manchester City, they're saying he's already texting Kovacic, saying he can't wait to come. All of this type of thing. So we'll see what happens, but I, I think this is one that gets done. I just don't think it's going to be immediate, and I don't think we're going to be, you know, seeing private jets flying out to Tokyo or Seoul in, in the next few days. I think this is going to be one that'll be that'll be getting done probably around that week of the Community Shield into the first Premier League game. Um, well, I mean, but, uh, firstly, on whereabouts and planes flying left, right, and centre, we know from today uh, that he's over in Italy which is where Leipzig are playing a preseason friendly against Udinese, I believe. So he's certainly not over at the uh, medical institute near the CFA getting his medical done or anything like that. He's, he's still with the Leipzig squad. The other thing, just on, on your point, Adam, about how integral he is to what Pep wants to do going forward, I think as well that is going to have... that's That is going to depend entirely on what happens with both Chancello and Laporte. Now, Laporte... It's just one of them where if he's not sold, he'll continue with the squad. And he, he played in the preseason friendly against Yokohama. He he's going to be part of the side if he's not sold. Chancelo is a funny one because we assumed that is an almost a guaranteed outgoing, whether it's on loan or transferred out. But he got on the pitch today. He assisted Harlem for the fifth goal. Maybe there's maybe there's a, a redemption arc here for Chancelo. I don't know. So if those two stick around. Then Guardiol is is adding to what would be a significant number of players. If those two leave, then we're in that situation with that we were with Maguire, where we were with Kane, where we have a gaping hole in the squad for him. So it's a bit a bit of a funny one at the moment. It's undecided as to how much we need him in terms of having that extra pair of legs in the squad. But I think regardless, it's clear that we want him for his quality. But in terms of do we need an extra man? Yet to be seen. Well, I think it brings another question in, though, that is, do we need the the kind of refreshing of the squad after, you know, winning it all in one go? Um, you know, I think it's easy to sit back and say, well, this team just won a treble. They, they, they can't get much better. But um, from a motivation point of view, a young player, um, you know, coming from a team that, yeah, competes for trophies, but not in the way that City do, um, it is kind of a new blood. And I'll stick with you, Ali K, because maybe City don't need him from a talent point of view. They don't need him from a squad depth point of view. But do they need him from an area of the pitch that's so important, just getting kind of new blood in there and somebody with, with new energy? And, you know, we can easily say, well, Laporte can stick around and we know he can do a job, but he's been here six or seven years. He's now won everything. How important is it to get somebody in that will kind of have that that renewed ambition and, and a new kind of hunger in the belly? It, it's massively important, and we've seen that Pep Pep was uh, talking about it a lot last season with regards to Rico. You know, bringing in somebody that's not done it yet, somebody that wants to push the rest of the squad forward. Um, does it matter positionally? Probably not. Uh, we've got Peroni, who you know, may see more minutes on the pitch this season. We've got Calvin Phillips, who, yes, he was part and named and took the medals for the treble-winning squad, but wasn't an integral part. Cole Palmer is due to make the step up. We saw Oscar Bob in the preseason friendly. Will he be lifted into the first-team squad? I, I, I don't think Vardiol is going to be massively important to 
offer that drive. And we also have some players that are going to be at 120% no matter what they've won. Ruben Diaz is one. Uh, elite mentality. He could win absolutely everything five years on the trot and he would still be absolute at his maximum the next season. Bernardo Silva, I feel, is very similar to that as well. Haaland is very similar to that. So I don't think it's hugely important for Gavardiel specifically to drive the rest of the team forward, um, but it is important in general that we do get some new blood into the squad. But as I say, I think we already have that with Palmer, with Peroni, Alvarez as well. He's, again, going to want to stake his claim to be part, an integral part of this team. So, no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think he's going to be necessary for that that mentality side of things. I want to kind of change up the direction here for a second and, and look further up the pitch because obviously there's the very strong you know rumors that that Mares is basically out the door already and and has maybe even already done his medical in uh, in Saudi Arabia and um you know we haven't really heard much about any replacements obviously news broke about a half hour before we hopped on here that that city are considering Michael Elise from from Crystal Palace and we'll see if that gets gets some more legs over the next uh, couple of days but Ali McCool is there a sense that with Gavardial kind of being the golden boy of this transfer window are city kind of looking in the wrong areas of the pitch as far as their transfer business goes because it feels like the biggest exodus of players is coming, you know, in kind of attacking midfield with Gundogan and and maybe on the wing. It sounds like Bernardo Silva is is leaning towards more towards staying at this point, but going into the window, it felt like he was almost a dead cert to leave. Um, I've sensed a little bit of frustration online from some City fans that you know the squad's getting a bit thinner and thinner, and we're not really hearing that much about any kind of big name replacements coming in. Is there any worry on your part that they're focusing all his attention and money on Gavardial when really the issues are maybe further up the pitch? I don't think City's leadership are that one-dimensional in the first place. I don't think, you know, Cheeky and Omar Barada and Ferran Soriano, they're going to be looking at going, right, we need to get Gavardial done, then we'll talk, then we'll move on to something else. They're quite easily capable of, you know, looking at multiple players, talking to multiple clubs. You know, I don't think Cheeky Bigurastan sitting in his office all day waiting for a phone call from whoever the sporting director is at RB Leipzig. He's, you know, he's got a million and one things to do. And finding new attacking blood is just as important, I think. Um, you know, and and there are some tentative links out there. You know, just said Michael Elise says one. Um, the name on everyone's lips this summer seems to be Ryan Cherky from Leon, as well as Bradley Barcola from Leon. There's been a very tentative link to both with City, but it hasn't really been followed up by anybody else. Gabri Vega's a name on everyone else's lips. Um, but in terms of the superstar level, I don't think we're going to see that because one who is there, apart from one Kylian Mbappe, who we could talk about to death, but he's ne- it's never going to happen, is it? I think we can all say that quite comfortably. Kylian Mbappe is not joining Manchester City this summer. But, you know, I think there's room for someone like a Cherky, like an Elise, you know, that kind of 30 to 40 million pound bracket. Um, because that's the market City tend to operate in, especially in attacking areas. You know, apart from... Grealish and Haaland, you know, they, they were the marked departure from our usual type of business, you know. You know, you think of Raheem Sterling, £49 million, Leroy Sane, £40 million, Bernardo Silva, £42 million with add-ons. You know, that's the type of money City tend to spend on wingers, especially. So I think it's going to be someone more in that bracket. Um, 
if there is someone to come in, you know, they may look they may look at the young guys who are coming in and say, okay, you're green enough. Oscar Bob, um, James McAtee returning from a loan, Cole Palmer, you know, will they commit to Cole Palmer and say, no, you are Almara's replacement. You are the guy who's going to step up. Um, because we've hit, we've heard talk about a loan, but nothing serious. You know, we know clubs are interested in him. Brighton, for example, want him on a permanent deal. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, there's this. It's very quiet around City, which is we expect it to be quiet because they're not usually a loud and brash club. But we do expect more than what we've heard so far. So whether that's because they're not looking or whether that's because they're struggling to find someone, who knows. But um, I'd be amazed if there's not a new attacking signing in by you know the end of the window. Whether that's a young guy who's expected to be more like a Sergio Gomez, or whether that's someone who's expected to come in and play pretty much from the off, I'm I'm undecided. But I do think there'll be at least one more body added to the squad this summer. My my apologies to James McAtee because I actually forgot to name drop him when I was talking about the new blood that's that's going to be coming in and driving the lads forward uh, mentality wise, but. Yeah, Adam, you asked if we're perhaps focusing on the wrong area of the pitch. And we just don't know yet. Because again, as I mentioned for the defenders with regards to Laporte and Chancello, we're kind of hamstrung because this also depends on outgoings. Now, the, 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 it's a little bit clearer in terms of the situation because obviously Mares has got one, one and three quarters of his feet out the door, uh, albeit not confirmed yet. And... Um, Bernardo, we still don't know what 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 he's doing, and can we trust Cole Palmer yet? Winger needing a winger is is actually as it stands a higher priority than defender. But then, if Bernardo was to recommit at least the next season to City, and Chancelo and Laporte go over you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, then the situation's completely flipped on its head. In reality, we let let me cut you off. Let me cut you off here and ask you this then. Is there a sense that the kind of stalling we're seeing on the Gavardial front is that influenced by the lack of departures? And maybe City, you know, Cheeky Bergerstein is looking at this saying, well, we don't want to bring in a hundred million euro center back if if Laporte and and Walker and Cancelo can't be moved on because then we've got about 18 first team defenders that have that have got to Mm. compete for playing time. Is there a sense that? they can't really move forward with the Gavardial deal as we'd like them to because we just don't know what's happening with Walker and Cancelo and Laporte. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very possible. Because especially if we're playing a three-defender system again this season, we're going to have Akanji, Ake, Diaz, Stones, Laporte. That's five natural centre-halves with Stones obviously sharing sharing time in the midfield role next to Rodri. We're then also going to have Chancelo and Walker and Rico and Sergi Gomez if we need that flexibility of, of full-backs getting up and down and stretching the pitch. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be overloaded. It's going to be really quite difficult. So, very possibly the difficulties in shifting... Laporte and Chancelo might be playing a part. And that could be why we seem to be lowballing ourselves with the asking price for Laporte. I think at last reports, it was around 30 million euros that we we're looking for, which for an accomplished centre half, international centre half like Laporte, is pennies. So maybe that's why we're dropping our pants on Laporte's asking price because we're desperate to shift somebody before we close the deal on Guardiola. Yeah, I think I think that sounds more realistic to be honest in terms of the Guardiola deal. Um, but you know, there's been no interest. Well, there's been no publicised interest in Laporte. You know, the last two clubs was 
I think Atletico Bilbao, Athletic Bilbao saying we will move heaven and earth to sign him again. But will he want to take that? Will he want to take that deal? I mean, he's obviously got a big connection to Bilbao. It's where he came. It's where he came through. You know, a lot of his family are from there. He's he's obviously now a Spanish citizen. Plays for Spain. So it can it can appeal in a sentimental sense, but for his career, I know he's just won the Champions League. He's achieved everything in football, but is that a sort of move he wants to be making at this age? And then the other one is Crystal Palace in from the Daily Star, I think it was saying Crystal Palace are happy to take him in for thirty five million pounds. I mean, I mean, could you imagine that Emerit Laporte, one of the most established left foot centre halves in the world, probably the probably one of the best as well, playing for Crystal Palace after just winning the treble at Manchester City. You know, you know. I know he's probably dre- dreamed of a move to Barcelona or Real Madrid, and they and then not coming in. Real Madrid, for example, don't need him. Barcelona can't afford him, and probably don't really need him anyway. You know, but it's bewildering how someone with so much talent is being completely ignored. Cancelo is different for me because Cancelo is, um, you know, he, he's a very difficult player in terms of his attitude. Everyone knows how good he is. We saw that. We saw today. Well, yesterday in the preseason friendly, just how good he is. You know that uh, brilliant assist for Haaland, and we've seen him do that plenty of times for City. But no one wants a player who's come in and terrorised the dressing room at Bayern Munich, and has been a pain in the ass for Pep Guardiola. Because who wants that as a reference? Essentially, who wants you know a manager ringing up Pep saying, "Oh yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but he's a good player." No one wants that in their dressing room, and we've seen this. So. It's going to be difficult to get these guys out the door unless some magic bids arrive from nowhere. You know, Saudi Arabia, we're all looking at you, seeing what you're going to offer. Um, but ultimately, I don't think we can... I don't, I don't think Vardial's going to come in until at least one person goes. Whether that's Kyle Walker in the next week after we play Bayern, whether it's Cancelo getting a random loan somewhere from George Mendes, sorting something out, whether it's Amerit Laporte getting the departure he's wanted for two years... But stuck by City for who knows? But um, it's an it's going to be an interesting week. I think it's all going to have to start speeding up because we're running out of time. You know, what two weeks, two three weeks till the season Premier League season starts, and Pep's not going to be happy if the squad looks as it does at the moment because you know he's he speaks highly of needing a refresh, and I think he's been wanting to complete this one for a while and he's not got anywhere close to it yet. So uh, I made two rogue predictions around January, February time on this podcast. One of them was that we were going to win the treble, and that one landed. The other one was that I could see Man United coming in for Laporte once they've managed to get rid of Harry Maguire. Looking at them, I actually still think there's potential there as a destination. Liverpool is another... I'm talking sensible here, removing emotion from this. United and Liverpool are very sensible destinations for Laporte. So to hand it back to you, Adam, to answer it and then move on, should we be reluctant to offer Laporte out to Liverpool or United? Because I think they're two clubs that will, A, be able to pay the asking price, two, A, B, A, two, (laughs) one, B, B, A, they'll pay the asking price. B, they'll be able to pay his wages. And C, they are, in terms of the football they're playing, Liverpool less so because they're not in the Champions League. (laughs) Not in the Champions League, uh, but United (laughs) are. So the level of football they're playing on the continent, where they are at competitively in the Premier League, they feel like good destinations. Should we be steering well clear or should we consider offering him out? 
Yeah, I think you you steer clear. I think I think City have learned their lesson from Zinchenko and and Jesus. I, I think at the time they they didn't see Arsenal as any sort of threat, but you very much can see Liverpool or or United being a threat if they kind of get their act together with with the resources they have, the coaching they have, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I would I would say steer clear. Uh, that'll do for us today, but stick around. We have the final quarterfinal of the John Stones Paint Trophy. So if you want to stick around for some trivia regarding City's treble winning season, do that. And before we get out of here, please leave a rating, leave a review, hit follow, hit subscribe. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Ali K, thank you very much. Cheers. Ali McCool, thank you. Thank you very much. We will be back after this quick break. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Quarterfinal number three of the John Stones paint trophy is here and it's a battle between one Brit living in America and one American who wishes he was a Brit. It's John Ashley versus Adam Booker, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you can put two and two together as, as who was who in the introduction. But John, in our pre-tournament odds, created by myself, I have to say, there's no actual bookies associated with this, you were ranked as the favourite. So plenty of pressure on your shoulders heading into uh, heading into your quarterfinal. Yeah, absolutely. I am desperately fearing a giant killing today um you know as adam has also sat in as producer on a lot of the other rounds i'm <laughs> i'm i'm worried worried about uh my my lack of match fitness compared to to him who's in kind of mid-season form it's great doing these. I know Oliver Cole afterwards was furious having been knocked out. And he um, even during the quiz, he was booing the Champions League round, which was on theme. But um, it's, it's, started, it's spiced up a little bit. Adam, you, you have had the benefit of being the producer sitting in the previous round. So, you know, maybe you were towards the bottom of the favourites list, but you should be bumped up a little bit. There's been some people who've been knocked out. This is a great chance for you. To be honest, I feel really hard done by if I'm towards the bottom of the of the betting <laughs> odds because I consider myself pretty good with I'm in a football trivia league right now here at a local pub and just mm. I, I at this point I think teams have quit because my team is so far ahead <laughs> that we've demoralized people from going out and having a pint and playing some fun football trivia so I, I felt a bit hard done by I'm not gonna lie I, I feel like I'm considered a minnow if John is is fearing a giant killing well, I, I want to know, Adam, is the, the rounds that you have sat in on as producer thus far, have you got any of the questions wrong in your head? Like, have you tried to answer them yourself? I probably have like a 65 to 75% success rate, I think. Okay. Not 100%, is it, though? It's not. But I don't think anyone except 
Alex Brotherton has had 100% up to this point, maybe? Yeah, but he's not seen the other questions, so maybe yeah. that plays a part of it. Um, right, okay, should we get into it then? Um, because uh, if you haven't sort of been following by now, here are, here is the format, sorry. There are three rounds. Each question has one round for each competitor each. They'll be on the Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League, just like City's treble. Um, John, you can go first as the guest. Your first question on the Premier League is... Erling Haaland was the standout, or sorry, one of the standout men for City in the first half of the season when things weren't going as well as he did in the second half. But can you tell me how many goals he scored in his first 10 Premier League matches for City? And I will, I'll give you a little bit of thinking time. There's no sort of uh, impending countdown timer. So, um, you know, a little bit of a quick addition. We're not going to sit here all day. But how many goals did Haaland score in his first 10 Premier League games for City? All right, can I um, can I uh, use a, a pen and paper for this round, or am I? See, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes because I'm a very I'm a visual person. I need to see stuff in front of me. I can't do it in my head, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes there. All right, um... Adam, quietly. Do do you know the answer? Do you think? I have a guess, but um... well, <laughs> most people probably do. <laughs> well, yeah, I have an I have an educated guess. But well, yeah, m- most people probably don't. I don't know if it's striker hubris. Uh, so that's... So, a couple ten. more seconds. How many goals did Erling Haaland score in his first 10 Premier League matches for Manchester City? <clears throat> All right. I'll give you a clue. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bloody lot. Um, have you got an answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with... 18. 18. Adam, was that higher or lower than your educated Slight, guess? Slightly higher. Slightly higher. What did you go for? 15. Oh, Adam, you'd have been closer. None of you got it right. It was 14. 14 goals in that first half of the season. I think you've maybe added an extra hat trick in there that you didn't quite claim, but um, yeah, still, that's pretty mental. Yeah, indeed. Um, right, okay, Adam, your question. Sticking with Big Earl, the Norwegian featured in 35 of City's 38 Premier League matches. But for the point, can you tell me the opponents, or sorry, the matches in which he didn't feature? So there were three games, none of them were a recurring fixture, so it's three different teams. Can you tell me which games he didn't play in for your first point of the quiz? In the league only? Premier League, yeah. So he didn't play Liverpool at home. Um, Reminder, you need all three teams for the point. He didn't play Chelsea at home. And he didn't play Brentford away. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one amendment there. Liverpool at home, Brentford away. Now keep that. Chelsea, so Liverpool home, Chelsea home, Brentford away. John, you sat looking studious, poised. Have you got something to say? I think uh, Leicester away is one that he missed. You'd be correct. Do you know which one for? Because there uh, was one incorrect that Adam said. There's no bonus points. No, no, I think I know which one it is. But. Um, I think it is... Brentford away. 
He didn't play Brentford. Oh, it was away. a Chelsea at home. It was, obviously it was Chelsea didn't. at home, I think. Yeah. He came on he, late, didn't he? Yeah. He got 16 minutes. I mean, that game was a blur. Just a, an absolute minefield of absolute nothingness. But no, he, he did play in that game. 16 minutes. He was so close. He was so close. In fact, I had to double check because when you said Chelsea, you said it so confidently. I thought I got it wrong. But uh, no points in the first round. I think that's the first of this quiz so far. Maybe the questions are getting a little bit harder. Um, John, on to the FA Cup then. City won the FA Cup, if you didn't know. Um, they beat Manchester United in the final, if you didn't know. But who was the Blues' top scorer in the competition? So you don't need to tell me how many goals. You don't need to tell me who they were against. Just who was, quite simply, City's top scorer in the FA Cup? Riyad Mahrez. Oof, confident. Yes, it was. That's the favourite coming out to play now. Uh, do you know how many goals he got? Four, for uh, Five. No bonus points again. Yeah, correct. Fantastic. You, uh, you're in full flight now. You've uh, gone through the motions and ready to k- kick on. Adam, the pressure is mounting. Um, your FA Cup question then, Adam. City started their FA Cup winning campaign against Arsenal. But when was the last time the Blues played the Gunners in the competition? So when was the last FA Cup meeting before last season between City and Arsenal? It was a semi-final behind closed doors, so that would have been 2020. I I don't know how to reference the season. I guess it would be the 2021 (laughs) season. I don't know when in that time span it was played. Stop talking because I'm going to give it you. You you may have possibly worked yourself out the point, but I'm going to give it you because it was behind closed doors. I don't think anyone can sort of properly pinpoint which season it was, but it was 2019-20. It was, I want to say July 2020, but yes, it was Arsenal in the semi-final, which would would have been enough... uh, for the adjudicators to give you the point. Any stewards inquiries for that one, John? Are you you happy with with the decision there? Yeah, I'm not going to kick up a fuss about that. I would have gotten that wrong. I'd I'd forgotten that game happened. Oh, interesting. Well, hopefully you won't get this question wrong because it's about the Champions League and it's about the Champions League final in particular. City obviously beat Inter Milan in the Champions League final, if you didn't know. But can you tell me, please, John, who... Tell me one of two players City... I'll reword that. Can you tell me one of the two City players who were booked by the Polish referee in the Champions League final? So I just need one name of the two. (sighs) This is a really tight, tight contest. Oh, man. Uh... Two juggernauts. Mm Mm-hmm. So two City players were booked. I need one name for the point. Yeah. Uh, Potentially your last question oh, in this year's quiz. Yeah, potentially. No pressure, eh? Should it? I know, I know. Yeah. Going to go with... Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz is incorrect. Is Edison Edison correct? Edison would have been correct. Do you know the other one? That was my guess. I thought it was probably Edison for time-wasting was my guess. Was it Kanji the other one? No, Erling Haaland, Uh apparently. Although I have literally no recollection. Probably unfair asking a question about that game because if, if it was me, I just... 
I don't remember anything about it apart from the full-time whistle um, and various replays of Rodri's goal. But, Adam, it does actually give you the chance to go into the semi-finals, knocking out the pre-tournament favourite. Your question on the Champions League, a bit of a theme to, for today's quarter-final, but it's about Erling Haaland again. And he finished, as he did in the Premier League, the top scorer in the Champions League last season. But can you tell me how many goals he scored against German opposition in City's run to the final? So I need it bang on the bang on the money. What what number of goals did Erling Haaland score against All right. German teams? I'm going to do this in, in order. The Champions League. All right, he in the group stage scored one against Dortmund, the flying back heel. In the knockout round, he scored two against Bayern, one at home, one away. And Leipzig in the round before that, he scored. Mm. I'm torn between the Burnley and the Leipzig game because he had two huge scoring nights. I think he had Which a four. And yes, and I was I was at both. I'm trying to remember which game he got brought off before when he was on a double hat trick. I'm going to say it was Leipzig, so I'm going to go five goals against Leipzig, two against Bayern, one against Dortmund, a total of eight. That's correct. It is correct. It is correct. We have a win. Come on! <laughs> they they that, that was giant killing absolutely was absolutely rigged. Oh, here we go again. I, I offered you the steward's inquiry. I gave oh, that's the not the one I want the steward's inquiry on, mate. <laughs> it's the first, <laughs> the first question where Adam had to remember three games and I had to remember ten. <laughs> Oh, well, Adam, you through? How does that feel? A lot better now that John's complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love the, I love the bitter. This, this is what it feels like to be a City fan. Even in the trivia, you've got yeah. bitter people crying <laughs> Abs- at your success. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and it will be, yeah, it will be an asterisk next to your name if you win this thing. <laughs> That's the only way John. we know how to do it. Are you gonna Are you gonna turn up to next season's quiz, John, with a banner, uh, class and tradition, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely. some happy faces. Oh, There's yeah. some unhappy faces. Well, um, congratulations, Adam. Commiserations, John. That's another quarterfinal done. There's one more to come. It is Andrew versus Joe. So we look forward to that one. I'm sure that one has potential to get feisty. But until next time, that has been another episode of the City Report podcast. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.